Welcome to the Practical EdTech Podcast. This is episode number nine. In this episode, I answered a bunch of questions from readers and listeners like you. I shared some news about the future of free technology for teachers and gave a shout out to my friend Scott McLeod and his interesting take on using mobile devices in classrooms. And speaking of mobile devices, I share a handy little tool for sending and receiving permission slips that doesn't involve sending papers home with your students. I hope you enjoy the episode. Well, good Friday afternoon to everyone who's listening or watching this episode of the Practical Ed Tech Podcast. This is episode number nine. And in this episode, we're going to talk about some news updates and cool tools that have come out in the last week or that I've come across in the last week. And I'm going to answer some questions from readers and listeners and viewers like you. Now, before we get into that, I do want to clarify something I said last week. That is about my new position in life or my new career position in life, I should say. Uh, Yes, I am teaching computer science uh, at Oxford Hills Technical School. And as I teased last week, that might mean some changes to free technology for teachers moving forward. The biggest change probably for the next few weeks is that there will be fewer blog posts throughout the week. Uh, I'm still going to blog every day, still going to write every day. Just might not be four or five blog posts every day. It might only be one or two blog posts for the next few weeks while I kind of get my uh, my feet under me, so to speak. It's been eight years since I was in the classroom full time. So just trying to get my feet underneath me and make sure I've got everything lined up for my kids because that's my primary objective these days. So uh, to that end, I'm still offering the daily email from Free Technology for Teachers. But if you want to sign up for the Practical Ed Tech newsletter, uh, that comes out on Sunday evenings or Monday morning, depending on your time zone or where you are in the world. Uh, That is a summary of everything I write in the previous week and really features kind of my my biggest tip of the week, if you will, uh, with a lot more detail on a lot of of things. In fact, this week coming up is going to be a pretty big one uh, this Sunday evening. I've already got a plan. It's going to be pretty, I think you'll like it. So anyway, uh, enough from me about free technology for teachers in my career. Uh, some cool new things and updates that you should be aware of. Number one, Google added, as they always do, Google adds new features all the time. Uh, kind of a neat one for Google Slides and Documents. You can now do custom line spacing besides the default options that are in the line spacing menu. So if you need to do less than one as a line spacing, you can do that. If you want to do like a 1.25, you can do that. Uh, that feature should be in your Google Slides and Documents right now. If it's not, it'll be there shortly. If you use Google Hangouts Meet, if your domain has... uh, So I'll say that again. YouTube uh, or Google Hangouts Meet now has live real-time captioning. So that's that from the world of Google. I want to point out something from my friend, Dr. Scott McLeod, who was on the podcast a few episodes ago. I love Scott, always has some great ideas, always good at poking holes in arguments, not necessarily poking holes in arguments, but always good at raising good questions and being very thought-provoking in a nice, polite way. He wrote a blog post, or published a blog post uh, this morning that 
I think everyone should read. And it's about uh, thoughts on mobile devices in schools. It's called 10, 10 Quick Thoughts on Mobile Phones in Schools. And a couple of key points from his list that I, I'd like to highlight. Uh, number one, that good classroom management starts with good instructional practices. And that's something we actually talked about on the podcast together. Um, and the other thing that I, I like that he pointed out is that, and I'm going to quote it directly, no one, I repeat, no one can concentrate without any directions whatsoever. With the, I messed it up. Sorry, Scott. Let me try that quote again. He said, no one, I repeat, no one can concentrate without any distractions whatsoever for 45 to 50 minutes straight, nor can they repeat that six to eight times a day. It's a really thought-provoking uh, list of, of thoughts that he had. And I encourage you to check out dangerouslyirrelevant.org and weigh in on the conversation he has going there. Uh, some other blog posty things to note. On the EdTech Fitness blog, there's a 5 by 20 challenge. Challenge is to do 20 minutes or more of exercise five times a week. Uh, so check that out. There's a live, not a live, a, uh, a daily tracker you can participate in if you want. Cool new app uh, called Mobile Permissions. Check it out at mobile, mobilepermissions.com. It's a free service for sending and receiving permission slips through your phone. Uh, as a teacher, you can sign up and create your permission slips in your web browser or do it on your phone. Send out those permission slips directly to the, to the student, the uh, parents of students and they can sign and send it back all from that one platform. You can even collect payments through it and it's free to collect payments through it. Great little service. Um, so check it out. Uh, it's brand new, developed by a teacher for teachers. Always like that, uh, like that sort of thing. Right. Uh, a couple other neat things I wanna note. Uh, an app called Enjoy Bloom. You can find it at Enjoy Bloom enjoybloom.com. Uh, really neat kind of self-help app, mindfulness app that leads you through little directions on like mindful breathing, but also does things like uh, mindful journaling, you know, and getting you to think about difficult things in your day or wins during your day. Uh, it's kind of a, a neat little service, only available for iOS at the moment, but check it out. It's kind of a neat tool. And last but not least on my list of neat things for the week, I just published a blog post about it. It's called Snack Vids, snackvids, V-I-D-S dot com. Uh, it's a tool for searching within YouTube videos. Uh, now, they claim they're the first to ever do this, but they're not the first to ever do this. Uh, but what it does is it will create a transcript of any YouTube video that's available in English. I should point that out create a transcript of any video, segment the transcript, and then let you search by keyword within that transcript. So it's great for instructional videos. You wanna to jump to a particular part of an instructional video or see if an instructional video will cover a topic that you're interested in. It's great for that. When you do your search, every keyword gets highlighted and you can click on the keyword and jump directly to that portion of the video. So check that out. It's called snackvids.com, kind of a neat, Neat little service. All right. Now let's jump into questions from readers and listeners and viewers like you. Feel free, if you're here for the live session, feel free to 
send one in in a live chat. Uh, I'm going to start off with one that I missed in the live chat last week, uh, and I forgot to write down the name, but we'll get to it. Um, this is, well, I missed the live broadcast, but I was wondering if you could answer this anyway. What options will teachers have when Adobe Flash goes away? For example, my students often use websites with interactive animations, but it's an SWF file and already doesn't work on Apple devices. Thanks. Well, unfortunately, these, the web standard is moving to HTML5. Uh, if you haven't heard that Adobe is discontinuing support for Flash in 2020, and most web browsers are discontinuing support for it already. Uh, so those animations that you're using, if they, if they don't get moved over to HTML5 soon or some other open source alternative to Adobe Flash, uh, unfortunately, it's just not going to work. Uh, now, there might be some emulators out there that you can run, but I know most school IT departments are not really high on running emulators to run things that are below current web standards. So... Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a great answer for you other than to encourage the producers of those animations to convert over to HTML5. There's that. If someone else has a better answer, feel free to weigh in uh, and let me know. I'm always keen to learn what else is out there, but that's the answer I have right now. All right. All right. Next question came from Kim, who wrote, Good morning, Richard. Longtime follower, second time inquirer. <laughs> Enjoy all you do. Uh, question, I'm looking for a video production app or platform that I can, one, record audio, two, use subtitles, and three, easy to use for kids. I love Adobe Spark, but I need the closed captioning subtitles capability. Any suggestions you have are appreciated. So uh, I had two ideas for Kim. My first idea, depending on the type of video that you're doing, and if it's an Adobe Spark type of video, uh, I'd use this. I would use PowerPoint's real-time captioning tool. So you know, Adobe Spark has you know, that capability for recording your voice with each slide. Well, you can do that in PowerPoint as well. Record your, vo record your voice with each slide and use the real-time captioning tool. So in short, make the, make the PowerPoint slides, you know, the one picture per slide, and you know, do your 15 or 20 slides. Go full screen with the real-time captioning turned on and then capture it all with a screencasting tool like Screencast-O-Matic or Screencastify. So that's one option. By the way, uh, Google Slides do the same thing as real-time captioning now when you're presenting full screen. So that's one option. The other option is to use a service like WeVideo or iMovie or even Adobe Spark, create the whole video, then upload it to YouTube and use YouTube's built-in captioning capability or upload it to a service like .sub and caption it there. So basically doing post-editing uh, captioning of the video. So that was my suggestion for Ken. And again, if somebody else has a better answer, I'm all ears. The third question, question number three, came from Denise, who writes to me, Oh, by the way, I'm going to share all these questions as a Google Doc, as I always do. Uh, Denise says, I'm hoping there's a trans two translation questions in a row. Uh, I'm hoping there's a translation tool that works just like the spelling and grammar feature, where with little effort, the translation automatically happens 
Currently, I'm pasting text into Google Translate and I'm pasting the translated version into my slides. Is there a tool I can select all, translate, and have the entire slide deck translated? I have. I also have YouTube videos in English. I would like for them to be dubbed, but honestly, I don't even know how to sub in another language. Thanks for your help. So Denise really asked me two questions. Answer to your first question, Denise, is actually going back to PowerPoint. Uh, if you're using Google Slides, make them in Google Slides and then use the latest version of PowerPoint. Uh, the web version of PowerPoint will do this as well uh, to use the automatic translation tools. Yeah. As with any automatic translation, yeah, there is some areas for improvement, we'll say. Right. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and when, it, when it comes to captioning and translation, PowerPoint is ahead of the, ahead of where Google Slides is. Uh, and I know Google Slides users hate to hear that, but that's the truth right now. Um, now, the other part of this that she asked about was uh, dubbing her YouTube videos into other languages. That's, again, where a tool like .sub comes in. Uh, you can also do community transcription in YouTube. You can turn on community transcription for your videos in YouTube and let other people contribute possible transcriptions for your videos. So you do two options there. Uh, .sub.com, great tool. Uh, question number four came from Christy, who wrote, uh, I can't say enough about how much I love your blog and emails, exclamation point. Thank you. Uh, you taught me so many helpful tools. I was trying to find some tools today to help teachers build relationships with their students as it is a school-wide goal. Did not find much. I was wondering if you have any tips. One site I found is called Thrively, and it gives students an assessment so that they can learn their strengths and interests. That was her first question. Uh, so I had two suggestions for Christy. One is a site called Youhue, Y-O-U-H-U-E, you, you. Um, it's available to use in your web browsers. They also have a corresponding iPad app or iOS app. And it really is a check-in on social, emotional well-being. Um, it's, not a, it's not an exit ticket. It's not an entry ticket type of tool. It's just a tool for how are you feeling? And students can use it at any time during the day, just to kind of a, how do you feel? Or I'm, not, I'm feeling glum. I'm feeling you know, sad, I'm feeling happy, I'm feeling ecstatic, you know. Um, so it's kind of a check-in in that regard. It's not an exit ticket uh, type of tool. The other thing that you might consider is Class Dojo does have some tools around students responding with how they're just feeling. So, uh, but, and actually Thrively looks really cool. I hadn't heard of Thrively before, so I checked it out. Uh, Thrively, Thrively looks cool. Uh, the other question from Christy <laughs> was uh, not an EdTech question at all. Uh, side note, I vacation in Maine every summer, and I love reading your tidbits on Maine life that you share. My family and I went to the wildlife park based on something you wrote. Uh, this year, we're going to Maine for a week in October, and I'd love any recommendations you have of things that are must-see this time of year since we normally visit in the summer. Uh, I always say go to Acadia in the fall. Acadia National Park is fantastic in the fall. Most of the tourists are gone, and the scenery is beautiful. The foliage is beautiful. So there's that. Uh, I also love the Rangeley Lakes area in the fall. Beautiful hiking and biking or fly fishing, depending on what you like to do. 
If you don't like to be outdoors, though, there's not a whole lot to do in that area. Um, so check those out. Um, yeah. And well, we also have a great craft beer scene in Maine. So if that's something. But if you're bringing your kids, probably not the thing. All right. All right. Uh, so question number five came from Chuck. Uh, Chuck asked me, uh, I was wondering if you have a recommendation for a good peer evaluation tool. I have a teacher who wants to have her students who are working in groups together be able to evaluate each of their group mates on how well each member contributed to the group. She also wants to provide feedback on the process. I've tried to think of ways we could do this with Google Forms and a couple of different add-ons running, Autocrat and Formula perhaps, but the setup is complicated and I don't even know if I can make it work. I'm hoping there's some tool out there already for this purpose. Uh, thanks in advance for any ideas you can give us, Chuck. So I have two ideas for Chuck. The first is a Google Sheets add-on called CoRubric that was built specifically for that purpose. And another site, another service called PeerGrade, PeerGrade.io, also built specifically for the purpose of peers giving each other feedback on work and group activity. Both services designed specifically for that purpose. CoRubrics, a Google Sheets add-on, and PeerGrade.io, standalone service. And the last question that I have in advance. Hey, Esther, thanks for joining in. Uh, came from Rachel. And Rachel sent me this question this morning. She said, can you help me? I can't figure out the answer to this question. Has Google made it possible for students to record their own narration behind each slide? then save it as a movie like PowerPoint does? Or do these poor ELL students still have to download their Google Slides presentation as a PPTX file, then record and save in PowerPoint? Thanks for all you do, Rachel. So Rachel, I have good news and bad news for you. Uh, the good news is Google has been working on that capability for Google Slides, and in fact, rolled out a little beta test of it earlier this year. People got really excited about it. Everybody's like, yay, wow, it's going to be great. And then in August, they said, eh, we're putting the brakes on for a little while because it's not working the way we thought it was. Uh, my best guess is probably your best guess as well about when Google might roll that feature back out to all users. Uh, I'm going to say it won't be until 2020. So short answer is it was there, kind of. It will be there eventually, but it's not there yet. All right, well, I have rattled on now for 18 minutes and 30 seconds, and I hope you've picked up something new. If you have any questions for me, as always, just send me an email, richard at burn.media, or if you want to listen to this in your car or as a podcast somewhere while you're running, biking, or doing something fun in the backyard, uh, you can always listen to this as a podcast. You can find the podcast on anchor.fm or on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places that host podcasts. Uh, and speaking of podcasts, last but not least, over the weekend or this week and releasing over the weekend, I talked to Adam Bello, the co founder of Breakout EDU, a massively popular game for classrooms. Uh, we had a great chat talking about 45 minutes about all things ed tech uh, and some things that are not ed tech as well, all things education, really. So it's a great conversation. You want to check that out. That's going to be released over the weekend. So thanks, everyone. 
I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And as always, if you have any questions, send them to me at richard at burn.media. Bye-bye.